0: Welcome into a special Valentine's Day edition of the criminal Issues Podcast, where uh, I will eat an entire box of cookies while recording the show. Uh, joining me, of course, Rob Cassidy from South Florida. Rob, what do you have uh, for your Valentine's Day treat? Hello. Um, nothing, I guess. I got this podcast. Uh, sad. How about you, Nick? I know you got all types of treats out there. <laughs>
1: you guys you guys are the best valentines a guy could ask for
0: yeah that and and listening to our coworkers burp on a conference call prior to uh (laughs) prior to recording this episode so if we sound a little fatigued it's because we are boy rob you were talking about everybody not getting any sleep last week and last time i checked you're seeming pretty worn down this week huh
2: yeah, but you know what, I won't do is run to Twitter and tell everybody that doesn't care about how tired I am. So <laughs>
0: he'll just tell me and Nick.
2: <laughs> yeah, you guys get to hear it. All right. So,
0: uh, signing day is in the books. Of course, you can check out all our coverage at rivals.com. We run everyone. You know, just because signing day is over doesn't mean that uh, I'm not going to be on here complaining about pickles on a weekly basis. So, please tell a friend about the show. If you have any feedback, you can find us on Twitter uh, at Rivals Podcast, Rivals Podcast at yahoo.com. And of course, our individual Twitters can be found by searching our names, uh, which shouldn't be too hard to figure out. So please leave us some reviews on iTunes. We're we're stuck at 62, a very weird number. We need at least seven more, right, Nick? Yeah. Sorry, I was on, I was on mute. Uh, boy, we're off to a we're off to, we're off to a great start. All right. So uh we made our picks last week. I don't think you need to ask who got the most right. Boy,
1: I was terrible. I was thinking I didn't go back and take a look and see how I did take an inventory, but I could just tell as the commitments were coming in. I was you know, it was one of those deals where I like checked out after about the fifth commitment,
0: saw I was over, and I was like, forget about it. Yeah, I went I went thirteen and nine. Nick went to, or Rob went twelve and ten and Nick went nine and thirteen, sub five hundred. Well, but here's
1: so here's the thing. I can't remember who the three guys were. We, there were three offensive linemen we were talking about all connected to Florida and I said, Hey, let's all pick and for one of them I was like, let's all pick different teams just to be fun. And then I got stuck taking the floor. There was no way they were gonna take three tackles and I don't know what they ended up coming away with. So
0: that hurt me on one, I remember. Right. If people listen to the show, uh, you know, they could figure out that Not some of the picks were made uh, in jest. So anyway, who cares? It's not like anyone's out betting money on
2: these things. And if you Mm -hmm. are. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I I was listening to a podcast day with Trick Daddy. Uh, He was on as a guest and Trick said that he once lost 60K on a youth football game. (laughs)
0: Well, that's fine. Yeah, that 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 does go down down there for sure. Um so that that doesn't surprise me, but let's jump right into the topics. Uh, we don't have we as we said Rob and I wrapped up signing day on episode you can listen to uh from last week, but guess what happens after signing day, boys? These college coaches go out and they go from city to city to these alumni meetings and they Talk about how great the class is and how they don't care about stars, unless, of course, their class is ranked high, which case they do care about stars. Uh, And it usually goes city to city. You know, it might be one night you're in, you know, for example, if you're Tennessee, one night you're in Knoxville, the next day you're in Memphis, and the next night you're in Nashville. And the same happens in Florida. Now, what ends up happening at all these stupid things is, The coaches say dumb things because they think they're just talking to fans. And they say, oh, you know, we're going to stick it to whoever, you know. And basically, you know, everyone's having a little bit of alcohol, nice food, catered meal. Nick and I, I'm sure Rob, you too, we've been to several of these things, right, back in the day when we were journalists? Yeah, I covered a couple of them. They're annoying. I actually – I actually used to love them because I would use it as a cha- – because they give you basically one-on-one time with the coach most of the time. And I would of- often use it as a way to uh, trick them into telling me something that they wouldn't think because I'm just a local jabroni reporter. And then I would try to get it
2: aggregated online
0: so I could get lots of
2: page views. Right. My problem with them is that these guys feel empowered when they're around all these alumni that worship them as demigods. So they're just extra d***. Uh,
0: uh, well – Boy, there could we get out the bleep button. Uh there, there that that is true. I remember Urban Meyer, I believe you were there, Nick. He one time he made us stand a minimum of ten feet away from him, and he had like a cop. Did you come with me to that one, Nick? No, I wasn't there for that. Yeah, so so you know, of course, we're holding our, this was back, this was like 2011 or something. We're trying to interview him, but you know, of course, you've got, that was back in the day of those little handheld tape, uh, recorder things, which Officer Friedman still uses instead of his phone. Uh, and I could barely pick up the audio he was a real so and so about it. But of course, you know, we had Bobby Bowden and guys like that coming around who were, who were fun to talk to. And, uh, anyway, point being, And we were down in Naples, so oftentimes you'd have all the coaches from the Big Ten come down there and pitch the rich retirees. We had an incident this past week where uh, Dan Mullen came out and said some things. Um, It was viewed as like a slight towards Georgia. It was a playful jab, is what we were told. Let's, Let's get to the quotes here. Let me find it as soon as it loads up about this playful jab. Uh Where was he? Just I haven't say seen
2: before. this. Uh, this is news oh, to me. Oh,
0: this is new. Boy, you haven't been reading take two then, have you? No, uh, I haven't been reading anything.
1: But you can on Rivals.com. <laughs> yeah, if, right. if you
2: would have read Rivals.com, you would already be abreast of the situation and have hot right, takes exactly. from Adam Gorney and Mike Farrell on the subject. So... So our boy, Mark
0: Helm at AL.com aggregates, and at least this is a, we're we're going down multiple aggregations here. So Mark, you're the only one who gets credit. Uh, At one point, Mullen said, listen, this is my Dan Mullen impression. Listen, winning one SEC championship game doesn't make you a dominant program. You know what I'm saying? Mullen said with a laugh. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. In two of the last three years, we've been to the SEC championship game. So even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Ooh, My what big a takeaway is that
2: Dan Mullen and Nick Krueger both often start sentences with the term listen.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> I do that
0: too. Uh, you know, have you ever seen a blind squirrel?
2: I've never <laughs> – and how could you tell? I hear that statement all – that, you know, that idiom often. What?
0: Right, exactly, so anyway the uh the point is he's saying, "Look, well, you know, George is not that far ahead we we won two out of the last three what and then the coach got fired anyway, and I'm here now. This is a classic example of this A this is, this is not a big deal, this is just a dude talking in a room of old rich people, but you know, people got worked up about it, people were fired up uh, so was, we- was it was it classless? It was not classless, but I'm sure boy, i would' have hate to seen it Dan was disres-
2: it was disrespectful probably
0: let, let me dig up some uh let me dig up some uh tweets.
1: was it disgraceful and embarrassing <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh here we go here we got we got a we got a court we got some feedback from uh unprofessional at o g donut bone mm. who says Dan Mullen is an idiot <laughs> Kirby knows how to recruit, and signing day proved that. 2017 wasn't a one-and-done season, so enjoy being Georgia's uh, B-word <laughs> for years to come. Ah, boy, take that, take that for data. <laughs> uh, Burn. And there's all kinds of memes. Uh, you know, if we're bringing that up, we can also talk about how Kirby slapped around Dan Mullen his entire career at Mississippi State. So it gives something it gives us something to talk about, but my point is anything that comes out of these alumni club meetings, I mean, wasn't it a couple of years ago somebody said something about Nick Saban? What did they call it? And it was like, Oh, Nick Saban is a is bad for college football or something. I forget what what it was, but it came out of one of these meetings. Well, here's the thing too. It's more it's
1: more than just, you
0: know, humoring the uh the
1: donors, right, and the alumni uh clubs. I, I think I think part of it too is you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to establish an air of confidence and, and uh, I mean, nobody, nobody's going to open the checkbook for, a, you know, for somebody who doesn't seem confident in the team's ability to su- succeed going forward, you know, even for that season. So, yeah, it, be, you got to put, you got to, you got to cut a promo, you know, <laughs> a little bit. That was actually pretty, tim- that was actually pretty timid, you know, relative to, I mean, he really could have.
0: Right, exactly. Come, a, come with a little more heat. smart, you know, all kinds of things you can play off of that um it was it was it was uh it was funny i mean it, you know it could have been my thing is if you're going to do these sick burns just go all in like kiffin right just let it let it fly and really talk some trash um so anyway moving on yes nobody has any interjection on that comment so <laughs> the
1: energy levels,
0: <laughs> the pace of this
1: pod <laughs> coming out of the game. let's just make it end
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right nick you were at a concert last night Ooh, by the way which concert did you go to
2: see
1: oh my gosh boys if you would have seen it i was at the gin blossoms uh as you oh them, yeah they I, I get a more- <laughs> one of the band one of the great bands of.
2: did
1: uh, they play, play allison road they played allison well see so it was the 25th anniversary of their uh the album that like their breakthrough new, new album. miserable experience exactly boy i was at the concert i don't even remember what the album name was yes, and you do i know a lot about the Jin Bosses, well, unfortunately so and so they i mean they just played it they just played the whole album start to finish uh so that that of course meant you know hey jealousy was the second song wow. you know, in the set you, keep going i'm excited
2: well, about this now you've got me perked up well
1: i've got i i recorded a bit of the um I recorded a bit of the show last night. Of course, I can. I'll, maybe I'll try and drop it into the uh, you know in the podcast so people can have a listen. You know, just to kind of see what. It was. But I was at the House of Blues in Houston, and um, you know it was a nice you know a nice medium sized venue to catch a band like that. I mean those you know those those dudes you want, you want to talk about looking like, uh you know looking like a like it was like watching your it was like watching your dad like your dad's band do a concert. You know what I mean? Because they were all. I mean, they all—they were all dressed like they still were in the '90s, except you know they're significantly older now from when they you know hit the scene. So it was a lot of, um, it was like a lot of denim shirts tucked into jeans with with uh, you know crew crew cut undershirts of a different color and uh, you know receding hairlines and all that. But the lead singer and, and Rob, maybe you know the, the guy's name because I I don't, but he he still <laughs> sounded. I mean, he still sounded true to. I mean. You know, I give him I give him a lot of credit because, you know, he clearly advanced years for, you know, for his career came through saying the whole album start to finish. No breaks in between each song. I mean, they pretty much let it ride.
2: So what makes it even more impressive? Let me tell you something about Robin Wilson. Is if you look at the cover of New Miserable Experience, he's smoking a cigarette on there, and I believe that he was like a you know a pack a day smoker oh, for wow. a while. To still have the voice, oh, yeah. I know. Uh, I'm impressed, man. I would I would have paid upwards of forty five dollars to go. Well,
1: yeah, there. no, the tickets were thirty bucks a piece, so so we got uh, that's a steal. Yeah, we got a steal floor seats, you know, not our floor general admission type type situation. So was, uh, yeah, I mean, hey, listen, the part of the reason I went to go see him is because. I was connecting through Houston on my way home anyway so I just I just got off the plane and just stayed there you know and plus we had the rankings calls on uh Tuesday morning Wait a minute morning. you got
2: off the plane and heard the Gin Blossoms were in town so you were like No it was it was a pre t- t- this. No my
1: brother came over and and watched the show with me I didn't go by myself
2: you know on a whim
1: I was going to go
2: <laughs> home, but man Gin Blossoms are here So this is- Sure now go ahead Nick
1: I was oh, going to say this well and they <laughs> Don't tell me to go ahead and then start talking. Again. <laughs> but they played, they played, uh, you know, they played the whole album. You know, a lot of their hits I didn't realize. A lot of their hits that I was familiar with didn't must not have come off that uh, that particular album. But they played those in like an encore type situation too. Or they, so, so they got to all the they got to all the songs that you used to hear, and it was you know, it was a lot of fun.
0: I hope it was one of their. Uh... Hope they played some of their new stuff too. <laughs>
1: they did play new stuff. They got an album coming out. They they released one in two thousand nine per my Spotify, um, but but they've got a new one coming out pretty soon as well. And you know, I mean, I mean, it's you know, it seems like pretty you know cookie cutter type music for the genre that they that they play in. But uh, you know, it was, it's good to see that they keep you
2: know they keep chugging along and are you know still the living album the dream. That they you put know? out after New miserable experience. And tell me, is this the most nineties album title you can ever? It was just called Shut Up and Smoke. Oh boy! Shut up and train, Mister. Like Shut that up one. and smoke. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, that's probably what most people think I do when I come in there, when I'm looking with the other fit people at Mister. Shut up and train. Uh, can you give us one song? Can you sing something? I have no idea any what you guys are talking about. You in would
2: know. You, you would know Well, that's the that big, big hit. The <laughs> hit. No, Allison Road was no, a big the hit. Hate, jealousy <laughs> is probably the biggest hit
1: jealousy is definitely the biggest one here. Hold on.
2: Okay.
0: <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, all right. So the point of that entire diatribe was while you were at the concert uh hearing that band uh Uh. Grant Gunnell one of the top quarterbacks in the class of 2019 uh decommitted from Texas A&M sort of saw this one coming for a while as uh it became apparent that they were out kind of uh trying to, to find some different quarterbacks they offered some different guys in his class what I found odd was when Jimbo was at Florida State he was often mentioned as a prime target for them so what happened nick i mean does you know it seemed like when i talked to grant last month at the uh, army combine he said you know i haven't really had a chance to go over and talk to the coaches yet i'm not sure what's going on blah 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 so was there just no communication there did they just you know wasn't a take or what how did it how did it all go down
1: uh well you know the other thing too is i mean in in you know, typical fashion, as soon as there was a coaching transition at AM, I mean he did see a a pickup again in some other schools starting to send him some more offers. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect a lot of those more recent schools to be uh immediately in the in the picture with them right you know, right away. But but he did get Ohio State on Tuesday shortly preceding uh his his decommitment announcement. So we'll see what happens there. You know, I think I think he was taking a look at um you know, just the overall philosophy about, you know, what what they, you know, kind of the direction they wanted to sort of go with uh, you know, with their their quarterbacks that they've been recruiting and um, you know, ultimately took a commitment from on signing day. And I don't I don't know that he found himself in the same sort of player profile and uh kind of questions, you know, what that might mean for him in terms of what the offense is going to look like there uh in the future. And, you know, I, I mean there's a there's a lot of talk about it's It seems like a lot of the conversation immediately sort of cuts a and m out of the out of the picture in almost kind of like a sentiment to like how we were talking on national signing day already talking about him you know all the reasons why he's not a take i wouldn't expect you know I, w- I, I honestly can't expect that to to truly be the case uh you, you know i i would expect a you know sort of a distancing going forward between the two parties, but i can't imagine a and m is going to completely cross him off their recruiting board, especially you know the way that we've had conversations about, um, you know the the as it stands to us right now, the over overall quality of of quarterbacks in this class. I mean it it would seem it would seem to stand a reason that they would you know at least keep an open line of communication with them because you don't know what's going to happen. I know I do know he's going to take uh him him and his father and his, you know some of his teammates at Saint Pius X very very proactive about taking visits in the spring. Um, you know, there's going to be some other teams involved with them. Arizona, obviously, with with Noel Mazone as the offensive coordinator there, and um, you know we saw Arkansas come in, and he's there's a, a legacy element there with, with with that program. So, you know, we'll
2: see, we'll see what ends up What's happening. Thing, I, I, you I just, share. you're not going to tell us the reasons why he's not a take. <laughs> no, it doesn't fit. Too tall. Too clumsy. Uh, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't. I. I mean, I'm. You know, I'm not. You, I'm not really
2: sure. I I, I, still, I think it's awesome too reaction early in from a And M fans that you could like relate to us. No, t- I'll, I'll look some up while you guys talk here.
1: Well, I think I think a lot of them. You know, I think a lot of them understand that. From what I've been able to see, I mean, I haven't had a chance to really do a lot of research on it because I've been, you know, traveling and going to concerts and doing the rankings call. So I haven't really dug into what the popular opinion is of that. But I, I just think the general consensus is that Jimbo Fisher is trying to, you know, put his own stamp on the program and and get in players that you know he has more of a say ah, as the, you know. Not as a tank own, doesn't fit you know? the system.
0: Okay, yeah, exactly. That yeah. Was good. So, not not sure how much Jimbo wanted him. I think you go. he go. Multiple QBs, as do I. Uh, let's see. At least we have time to woo another even better QB. This is not a last-minute thing, and winning will get this done. Figured this was happened. Uh, <laughs> my gut tells me the door closes on Ganell even though if he's serious
2: about keeping us in the mix, Jimbo and company will move on in a hurry. Uh, uh, you, know, here, I heard, you know, I've heard some smoke about them possibly signing Tom Brady. So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you just never we- know he may not fit in our system and if he does
0: it's up to Jimbo to convince him he wants him he may come back either way I feel we have enough time to get a top-notch quarterback uh who would who would not have committed if Canel was there the issue is there are no good
2: good system was the was the no-brainer
0: there are no good quarterbacks uh it's a slim pickings you got a handful this is not you know Trevor Lawrence ain't walking through that door guys so um I don't know it makes me a little by the way, I guess. Texas A&M fans is called Jimbo Jumbo because every single thread says Jumbo. Um, <laughs> what's weird is Noel Mazzoni has just got this—he we- has like a weird pull over these quarterbacks, doesn't he?
1: Well, I think I think in Ganell's case, the from what I re- from what I remember in talking to him, and it it, it just seems like uh, Noel just got involved with him early very early in the process like you know kind of started telling him that he thought that he was a talented kid and and the relationship progressed from there I think it was kind of like a first person on the scene sort of scenario didn't
0: we hear that with Josh Rosen right he loved Mazzoni It was a strong pull for him Starkle told me himself flat out that he was gonna go to UCLA He's like I was. He was committed to Oklahoma State. He was like I was going to go to UCLA. Then Mazzoni told me he was going to Texas A and M. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to Texas A and M now. <laughs> so yep. there you have it. I mean, that's just how it plays out. Let's re- maybe let's rethink our recruiter of the year. No, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mazzoni. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> had to get my had to get my singing in to match you guys. So, Connell's on the market. So, so Nick, who we think you. So you said Arizona, which obviously Mazzoni is there now with Kevin. Someone right. I saw you mentioned Tennessee, right. and you. Who else did you mention? Arkansas? His dad went to Arkansas, or what? That,
1: both both parents went to Arkansas. Ooh. He had a grandfather that was on a, a championship team there in the sixties. Um, you know, so. But I mean, his brother still goes to A and M is the other thing too. I mean, it was a walk on on the team last year. I don't, I don't know what the ins and outs are going to be with his future on, on the team going forward. But I, I mean, I think you know, if you're a 17 year old kid, 16 year old kid, I mean, if you've got a brother that goes to a school, that is probably more influential in your decision th- than opposed to you know. I mean, it's not like your parents are going to be there, and if they were, you wouldn't be hanging out with them anyway. So, so wouldn't a bro- you know a brother that's just a year or two older than you be more of a appealing option towards
0: wanting to consider a school i don't know mm, i don't know you didn't hang out with us this weekend because you were hanging out with your parents so you tell us nick well you know sh- who was more fun <laughs> yeah well
2: yeah probably them. depends <laughs> on which night
0: i could tell you that well i could tell you that a night at the kruger house i know wine sounded about eight thirty when everybody falling asleep watching uh, the voice so uh that's you about definitely... what time we got
2: to bed on thursday <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, Rob got to bed about eight thirty AM.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, was,
0: a I, was, I was woken by the uh lawn people, of course, immediately. Uh the Ron, lawn Ron. people are in front of the podcast at this point. Yeah, geez. So all right, turning the page forward, talking about twenty nineteen uh recruiting. We released the first twenty nineteen team rankings uh for Rivals dot com. They will be changing shortly as we just met to uh, re- to discuss some of the rankings, but can you guys guess who's number one? Because I know neither one of you have looked at it yet. Georgia, yes, <laughs>
2: yeah, of course.
1: <laughs> I did know. I did know that. I do have a little bit of understanding about what the rankings were because I had to write that storyline, that twenty nineteen storyline All right, so George,
0: here's the top ten: Georgia, Miami, Wisconsin. Wow, huge. Oklahoma, Michigan, Alabama, LSU. Old Miss, which has eight commits somehow. I don't know when that happened. Michigan State and BYU. Wow. Talk about a recruiting push. Uh the they get a guy with, from down here, a wide receiver. Yeah, the team with the most commits is Miami 10 already. Uh which is which is crazy. Only one of them ranked as a four-star. Rob, what are you doing?
2: Now, I mean, you know how I feel about ranking kids early. We obviously were flat out wrong on our boy, Cameron Williams, who we saw this weekend. And I think we can agree is no three star. Um, he'll be moving up. There are some other guys that, you know, it's probably it's not it's not as bad as it looks because it is early. And, you know, these guys will develop um, and, you know, combine that with we haven't updated the rankings since before their junior years. So,
0: yeah, this uh, did we I thought we did it in December, didn't we? Either way, Miami's got ten commits. I would be shocked if all ten of those players end up signing when it comes down to it, because obviously things always change. And a lot of these guys have been committed. Some of them I mean, you know, our boy Diamante Howard committed September first,
2: two thousand sixteen. Yeah, he's, he's a he's a Miami Southridge character from the high school of Mark Pope.
0: Yeah, so he so star average, which we all care about, Georgia,
2: Alabama, Kentucky. Texas, Michigan, Purdue. We should do a thing on this show where we try to figure out the the point system. Sitting out the pen and paper, handy. there's a there's a there's an FAQ page for the
1: for the points. Yeah, there definitely is. I don't
0: know where it is, though. Uh, we'll try to find that. We'll, we'll do some calculations. Wisconsin, I think. If we're talking surprises, I think it's Wisconsin. Of course, at this point, you know the team with the most commits is just going to be the highest because. You know, every commit counts up to 20. So if you have one five star or you have 19 three stars, the 19 three stars are going to be higher at this point. Uh, But Wisconsin still has three four stars. Georgia, of course, with one five star, five four stars, and one three star. So they are continuing to roll. So I don't know. Dan Mullen, you know, looks like a blind squirrel finding a nut,
2: you know, once again here. What is it with your boy Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee? He hired a friend of the show, Joe. Joe Overset from ASA College, but he's big bald. It is. It's a litany of big bald headed coaches going to Tennessee. They all like just kind of look like Jeremy Pruitt, and and now he's replaced one bald guy with another bald guy. The last staff was like that too. You had Butch Jones, and then a whole litany of of bald people. So, well, now they've replaced they, the head guy with a bald guy, and now Overset's there, who is also extremely bald. Let me pull up their.
0: Uh, I'm going to pull up their headshot page um, for the Tennessee football How
2: many, coaching staff. It's got to be over six bald guys on that staff.
0: Tell us, tell us, uh, Rob. What you know? You know this guy.
2: He's. You mentioned he's a friend yeah. of the show. Uh, so he's, uh, he's great. I, I think this is a brilliant hire for them. Um, that the college is loaded. ASA in Brooklyn. It's relatively newly loaded though, so they were terrible. That was a Terrible program until he took over. Uh and he started attracting talent there. I was actually up there. I dropped in on them this year, uh, where they were loaded and they will be again. Um I think he knows that and he'll probably be able to get those guys. He's one of these real hard nosed, like, you know, he's got the uh the uh East New Jersey accent, really likes to scream and yell. He also famously told me not to bring myself onto practice because he was afraid one of his members of his defense would steal it if I did. So you know he's a straight shooter. Um, I kids like him. He you know he's he's a real loud, vocal, boisterous, scream in your face kind of coach. Like you get you know he's he's a stereotype in a lot of ways for like a, you know a, a New Jersey football coach, which you know I love. Uh, we get along real well. I think he's going to do real well at Tennessee. I think it's a good hire. So obviously he's going to. Go ahead.
0: Obviously, he's going he's gonna, to. Sorry. Uh,
1: he's going to. You, did you not hear him talking? The no, robot? I didn't hear
0: anything he said. Um, that- <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn now. Well, no, I just. Could you understand everything he was saying?
2: Yeah, I'm listening was it to him. up. Did I sound like a robot or something on there? Yeah, <laughs> I was doing robot voice I the whole know. time.
0: Couldn't stop laughing.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, cliffs notes, loud, angry, good coach, bald guy. Yeah, but it, so where does he where does he
0: help them recruiting wise? Is it the JUCO ranks or do you think he's got ties? Is it or is it just is it just the Northeast in general? What what's you know, where do most of the guys on that ASA Brooklyn team, where did they
2: come from? From all over, but he does do really well in Pennsylvania. He's done really well there and in, in the New York area, he gets some guys from Brooklyn from upstate. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey. He's got ties there. Uh, I think you know. I don't know his background before he got the ASA because I'd not met him until he was the head coach there. But I, I think there's something to be said that if you're an upstart college in New York, which isn't exactly a football breeding ground, uh, to take over a program that was pretty much nothing uh, from a coach that did not do very well there, and and out recruit some of these heavy hitters like the Mississippi JUCOs and the Kansas JUCOs for these guys that are retreads. Uh, that you know are good, that just happened to wash out of a D1 program for whatever reason. And he was able to to go toe-to-toe with these schools and win a lot of those recruiting battles uh, and get those kids to Brooklyn and get those kids playing for ASA. So there you go. A little
0: background on him. That was a big, uh, that would probably be in my Coaching Hires of the Week article, which I do with Mike Farrell, who told me he does not like writing that article, even though all he has to do is provide me some quotes,
2: Mike. (laughs) Watching him coach (laughs) is amazing, too. Just the, the sheer yelling in the New Jersey accent, I enjoy. All right. Not? yeah. So that maybe we'll have him on
0: the show sometime. Although I don't know if the Tennessee assistants are going to be allowed to talk anymore. Usually the
2: save and Treat is not allowed their assistant coaches to do interviews. Well, Joe will break up the monotony of all the Southern accents. You know, a like Southern accent will be offset by, uh, you know, his, his New Jersey tone. <laughs> all right.
0: Uh, Rob and I got a chance, as we mentioned earlier, and Nick was there too, I think, for a few hours at least. Uh, at the Miami Rivals camp over the weekend. And we got a chance to talk to a lot of kids and I kind of wanted to just touch on briefly some of the things that uh a lot of them talked about. Boy, Jacob Copeland was hot on the hot on the tongue of a lot of these kids who were who were paying attention to signing day. Uh and it seemed like you know, kids were just as shocked as we were. Uh I talked to a bunch of them about that. It's interesting how a story like that sort of takes over the uh, the world. One kid told me though he was convinced the entire thing was a gag. Yeah, it's it a work. All.
2: I I think it was a work too, man. I, I
1: yeah, I, you know, I heard you I heard you guys talking about this, la- uh, you know, last week because I was in the, I was one of those people. I, when I saw it happen, I I took it to be reality, right? Because. If you're gonna do, if you're gonna throw a curveball on your on your announcement, and you want to do something splashy and flashy and all that, I mean, why is that the thing that you pick? That doesn't that that doesn't come off looking any okay but any here, one here, way in,
2: in the column of it's a work. Why was she wearing an Alabama shirt and a Tennessee hat? It was as if was she in the anybody but Florida camp. I don't believe that. This was a set up work. It was it's not like she was cheering for, for both of those teams or whatever. Okay.
1: But here's the thing. If you're, if you're Copeland, all right, let's say this is, this is Copeland's idea to throw the swerve on it. So, so if, if that's, if that's the idea you come up with, why don't you go full bore on it and and be like, ma, ma, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like he just, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it didn't hit a hundred percent on whatever it was that they were trying to no, accomplish. Maybe it was just that.
2: poorly executed, but what do we think? All right, let's operate in the, in the reality that, that this wasn't a work. It was a shoot. Why was, what was her, what was she rooting for? What do you think the outcome that she wanted was when she sat down and you really think he, I mean, and you really think he kept her in the dark? Well, I just, anytime I see a parent
1: has any sort of motivating interest in one one school or the next, I figure it's because some assistant coach took the time to get a little bit more. Why wear two
2: different schools apparel? Yeah, they were sitting there. In in both schools that he didn't pick. So she wore two of the three finalists, right? Uh Tennessee and Alabama. Now what screams work to me is I'm gonna wear two things to throw people off that aren't the school that he's gonna choose. And then when he chooses the school that I'm not wearing, I'm gonna freak out. I'll go to my grave insisting this was a work
0: well the here's the thing. the reason why I don't think it was fake, but
1: they asked him about it. They asked him about it after it happened, like on the spot, and he goes, "I don't know like he didn't he didn't even sell didn't it at have, all, like if he didn't, like, have, if that,
2: he didn't that, have he didn't have an explanation as to why she was wearing Alabama and Tennessee uh other than yeah, no, ends. no,
1: but like when she got." But
2: when she got up and walked
1: away, they were, they asked him about it. And he was like, I don't know why she did that. Like he didn't, if, if you, if this is what you're going for, this is what I'm saying. If this is what you're going for, for the, for the shock appeal or whatever, at, you got to give us a,
2: a dramatic background. Sure, story. I understand that. But then what is, okay, like I said, if we're living in the reality that it's real, she was upset. It, she was rooting for anybody but Florida? Yes. So, yes. She doesn't like the gators. out. Wow. Wow. For somebody, okay. They live pretty darn close to the campus. I don't
1: know. Uh, maybe she, maybe she got mugged
2: or something out there. Interesting. I don't know. Well, I think one day it will come out. I will ask Jacob Copeland down the road. Uh, I have a decent enough relationship with him. Once this all the all of it washes off, and I think he will cop to it being a work eventually.
0: <laughs>
2: well, he's no, he's already
0: trying to spin it that he is, but I don't think I think it's a cover. Uh, a lot of the kids though did not think that. A lot of the kids thought it was real. Only one kid said he thought. Yeah, she was acting, and he said he thought she was a great actress. So, um, she had a, a lot of tough lines. <laughs> well, the tough, I mean, the, the tough part about acting is acting with your eyes, creator That's right, Nick. How you ever heard of nonverbal communication? Welcome to the club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so anyway, anything that stood out to you, Rob, based on what you talked about? I mean, you wrote an article today. Uh, which uh, seems to be getting a fairly decent amount of organic traffic
2: on the website. I don't know why, because it is not a very good story. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Miami's still red hot. Um, That's what the story is. You know, they recruited well, and they're going to continue to recruit well because they're good. It's very common sense. I don't, you know, you can go read it if you want. <laughs> okay well thanks rob <laughs>
1: the reverted reverse psychology
2: mark talk about well, it's a- just one of those things that it's like you get disappointed like sometimes you'll write something you really like and then nobody will read it and then you write something you hate and then all of a sudden everybody decides to read that story that's how my life has been working lately all right rob as you can tell <laughs> this is what
0: we've been dealing with for the last week so this is why nick stayed with his parents instead of they're coming to hang out with us my enemy <laughs> yeah <laughs> um uh, moving on, so I think who put this thing on here about Johnny football? Which one of you two, Jibra?
1: Oh man, did you, well, who do you think? Did you guys did you guys see all this that he's he's joining up with some spring semi pro football league here in Austin? He's been training. I'm, I know you guys have seen the you know, the, the hinted videos that he's been training and getting back into football shape and it's comeback season and all that well, stuff. Listen, man.
0: he could play in the rivals, professional football. league any time he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, But I'm happy. I love Johnny football. I need him in my life at all times. So, you know, I saw he, he said that he came out and said he was bipolar and maybe he's got it under control. Uh, we hope he has all those things. Right. But I love watching him play. I love, you know, I, I love his attitude. I love everything about him. So,
1: well, the thing is, Vin, you know, Vince already seem seemingly crossed him off the player pool list for the XFL coming back out. Why so.
2: with this? Because of the arrest or whatever?
0: Yeah, past pattern of behavior. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, well, um, if
2: you know Vince as well as I do, he's going to take him. I mean, Vince can get over
0: anything. So we, we can't talk too much about it. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a socialist like Rob is not, you know, even if every player is getting paid the same amount of money, Rob's not in on that one. Um, <laughs> when I seize the means of production for football, you guys will be cut out. Yeah, well you don't Rob, you don't know if the football is stuffed or pumped, so <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> were you around for that this weekend, Krieger, with Keenan repeating that line over uh, and over
1: I mean I, I mean I was I was Did around. Did you hear him I say
2: you don't know if a football no. stuffed or pumped? Yeah, <laughs> <No, laughs> he was, was saying that about uh one of our corporate sponsors. <laughs> he said
0: it so many times, I was laughing so hard. Big shout, Keenan. Uh, we love tagging out with you this weekend. We can't wait to see, hear what catchphrase you have for the next camp. <laughs> Something new gets picked up. So, all right. That wraps up our topics this week. We actually did talk about five, maybe six or seven if you count Nick's concert talk. Um, so, anyway, we're going to move on. Tweet of the week time.
2: You better hope that
1: mediocre money that you make at Rivals is good enough for you for the rest of your life.
0: Wow. Speaking of which, M. Deuce sent me a new track last night, uh, a new remix of uh, some of our Tweet of the Week uh, inspirations. Mm -hmm. Very good. I really like this one. We'll listen to it this weekend. Or in Nick's case, we'll listen to it when we are in uh, Mobile in a couple weeks. So I've been saving them up. I got all types of tweets here. So, especially for Valentine's Day, you know, a lot of these recruits get in their feelings uh, around around the big holidays.
1: Wait, I got, I got a quick one. I saw our friend Zion Burrell says no Valentine for the 17th year in a row, which, uh, I was like, you know, I understand the point you're trying to make, but let's be honest. Nobody's looking for a Valentine at one year old.
0: (laughs) Well, (laughs) doesn't everyone have a Valentine in grade school where you drop, you walk around and put them in those little pouches?
1: Yeah, but that doesn't count. That's everybody gets a card. That's a socialist Valentine. Yeah, boy,
0: Rob probably loved that. Um, Okay, so we have uh, our boy Kevion Mullins, four-star athlete out of Memphis, who says, "Really want a girlfriend, but don't nobody want me," which was which was sad, right? And uh, his coach, his head football coach, Rodney Salisbury, friend of the show, the mayor of Memphis, as I call him. (laughs) Lies. <laughs> it says don't focus on chasing the girlfriend chase your dreams and you'll find her you'll find her running alongside you chasing hers that's the one you want oh God! what an inspirational message big shout rodney i like that one uh then how about this another twist chase bryce's sister beth ann what a name actually listen to beth beth ann's got a thousand followers and her bio says just chase's sister that's all (laughs) that's what she identifies as beth ann says so many girls have me blocked y'all weird uh which which (laughs) at which point chase replied they just not on your level yet So I enjoyed that tweet for some reason. I don't know why I thought that was so funny. but
1: That that might not make the final cut of this. The winner,
0: (laughs) the winning tweet, by far the tweet of the week. We had a head football coach of some high school, uh, John Tyler Lyons. Rick Land Holmes is his name. He tweets, stop being cool, in all caps. And he hits the notes app. And he says, let's make one thing clear. Athletes that repeatedly miss team workouts aren't cool. They're selfish. Cool has been getting its butt kicked for years. So stop worrying about being cool and start doing what you need to do to make your team successful and win. Classroom, weight room, track, relationships, accountability. Now that's what is cool. Cool people miss slash skip things later in life like job interviews, deadlines, and other life-enhancing opportunities and end up being uncool and broke. Okay? It got 200 retweets, at which point our boy Scooby Ford quote tweets it and says, stay lame.
2: <laughs> wow. Got
0: him. Take, take that, Rick Land. Oh, man, I enjoyed it. Big shout to Scooby, friend of the show, three-star recruit who signed with Georgia Southern. Of course, Glenn Ford's son, uh, you might remember him as Nick. Uh, so mm-hmm. anyway, we'll see how many of those three tweets that I read make the final cut. Uh, <laughs>
1: Well, that last it sounded like it knocked Rob right out of his seat on the left. <laughs> <way. laughs>
0: Rob's probably sleeping at this point. But guess what? <laughs> it's time to move on to rants and recommendations. And it's a big one. The three of us in one place at one time living live rants. So Rob, you're grouchy. You're the grouchiest of us all today. Shath, we have you give your rant on this topic. I don't think I have one.
2: Oh my God.
0: Oh, we, oh. <laughs> we sat what, there and listened. To you t- yeah. Okay. I'll start it off and then you can jump in when you remember. Okay. So after the camp on Sunday, we decided to all go get some food and we went to some, uh, one of these workarounds. Yeah. Workarounds, as it's often called in my home, where you <laughs> have to go up to the counter and order and yada, yada, you know. And uh, I believe Rob got a a soda or, you know, some type of soda water. (laughs) And what did this thing have except a new one of these uh, Uh, very complicated soda machines, at which point you pick, uh, you know, you pick a soda. Oh, I want this. And then you can pick additives, different flavors. Oh, there's a million combinations. Now, this thing is typically associated with one particular major manufacturer of soda. However, this was the first one I had seen as their prime competitor. So you could figure out the two companies there. And because this was a new one maybe or what, I mean, it was just taking forever to get refills, even to get some water. You, you could only get it out of the machine. People are clicking around. They didn't realize they had to hold the button in to distribute the soda. It was madness. So Rob, now do you remember? Uh, yeah, my problem it.
2: with it is just – Everything at one of these places should be done in the name of efficiency, right? Like that's why it's a work run or whatever. That's it's like fast food. You know, you get your rice bowl and your burger or whatever, and you sit down as fast as you can, eat it, and get out. What was wrong with the old system with the different fountain drinks where three people could use it at a time? You press your thing up against the the lever and it, it it lets out the water or the soda or whatever. Now it's you know it's a single file line because there's one spout. Uh nobody knows how to use it because you've got to click through three screens and four if you're going to add a, a a dose of lime or whatever and the place was packed. You couldn't even I mean, Kruger couldn't even get in line to order. So it turns something that used to be efficient into like, you know, you sit up there for for 5 to 10 minutes waiting for people to shuffle through the menu and get a drink from the from the single spout thing. And I, it just feels like they innovated to innovate, I guess, just because they felt like, you know, we've really been on this uh, fountain drink, this same fountain drink thing for years now. We should change it. And it. Change isn't always for the better. And this is uh this is one of those times. You got to at least have two or three of the machines. You cannot have one of those touchscreen machines for a busy restaurant.
1: And we were, and we were particularly suffering because there were, had to have been three large parties in there where people were bringing multiple glasses to the, you know, the spigot. He had were. already <laughs> yelled
0: at somebody for taking his table. So he was. Oh, yeah. Well, like, listen. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> by the way, this restaurant, as I mentioned, there's a line out the door. There are only a certain limited number of seats in this place. And somehow a party of like 12 decides to come. Uh, and somehow all eat together when there are no multiple seats. The most a table is meant to sit as four people, Right. So I see that there's going to be a lot of people. I said, so let me go set my stuff down on a table. We got a lot of work to do. Let's reserve a good seat. And by the time Rob and I ordered our food and sit down, part of this group of 75 people that just came all together from church or whatever, they were just sitting at the table where my stuff was and they just moved it out of the way. Like, what do you think it was there for? I... Uh, uh, at which yeah. point, we then had to be banished to the back of the restaurant at sitting at a table with other people we didn't know. And what do you think happens? The people decide, oh, we don't have as many people as we thought. Let's all move back here and then block the way so you can't even get through. I mean, get out of here. you know. So that was a major problem. The soda machine is a major problem. I usually don't have a problem with it. But this particular new version, this was a new version I had never seen before. Like Rob said, if I want water, it should not I shouldn't have to wait in line for, you know, seven minutes to refill my water cup. I mean, you know, get out of here. So that was a main rant. We also had some issues at the uh, coffee shop. Uh, I don't know if I really want to talk about that. Gas station TV. <laughs> you know, we got other topics I could talk about, but I'm not that fired up about it. You guys want to hear me talk about anything else? Um, no, I think yeah, we're, right. we're pretty washed. So, sorry for the energy level being low. We are just, as Rob
2: has mentioned, he's working hard or hardly working. Yeah. I'll make sure to uh, get on Twitter and tweet about how I've been doing sit ups between stories and I'm so tired.
0: <laughs> well, I was doing some sit ups this morning at the gym, Rob, while you were just sitting around. So, right. um, anyway, that wraps it up for this week. As I mentioned, M. Deuce, our friend of the show, our close compadre, my childhood mate, uh, all types of new music coming out be sure to check him out various forms of social media m-deuce you could find us on twitter please leave us a new review or guys we need new reviews we're stuck at 62 our goal is to get to 100 by the end of 2018 so if you like the show especially the new podcast app it's very easy you just go
2: down there and click something write about how much you hate rob and uh and, Ooh, Kirk and I are going to start the gin blossoms podcast and blow right through this piece of dung on the charts <laughs> what's the what's the new album drops you know we'll do we'll
0: do a full song by song review each episode will be a new a full total breakdown i might have not even known that he was saying jealousy until just today i can't remember what i thought he did say in
2: that lyric there's a fallout boy song called dance dance are you familiar oh yeah yeah forever forever years i thought he was saying tom's pants
0: yeah i mean you, do, you can't tell anything you say follow-up voice sucks they put no, that on the recommendation it would
2: have been a lot cooler if it was Tom's pants
0: yeah well i've got plenty of parody songs if you want to if you want some different alternative lyrics to many hit songs so uh that'll be on our parody podcast parody song podcast where nick and i perform uh uh a lot of my hits like total eclipse of the fart, you know.
2: All right. Let's Ugh. play this at him. That
0: was a Michael Scott reference. All right. Goodbye.